The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are, Media Mash. It is Tuesday, the 20th of September, and we've got gentlemen who are on the phones, working it, getting you the latest on the Dallas Cowboys. He's John Mashota, The Athletic. That's Kevin Gray of 105.3 The Fan, the official Radio station Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir. And we've got a man, Patrick Walker, doing double duty today right here from DallasCowboys.com. I'm merely new Scruggs. I'm just, just here to engage <laughs> He's you. He's just guys. here to facilitate, is what you hear in, in the conversation here. So let's jump right <laughs> Don't into minimize your this. greatness, yes, Louis. For sure. Dalton Schultz. I don't know if Dalton Schultz is going to be available Monday night against mm-hmm. the New York football giants at the Meadowlands. So let's start with you, John. What's your confidence level in the rookie tight ends, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, two Big Ten guys, if Dalton Schultz is not available? A lot more confidence than I had going into training camp. I mean, I thought both of those guys, whether it's training camp, the preseason, I think that they both showed out. Like, If they didn't, you, you would have had other tight ends in the building. But they both played well, so I think they can step up. It's sounding like it's probably not great for Dalton this week, but it sounds like going forward that he should be fine, which is huge, huge news because I think everybody – and, you know, it's one of those injuries when you see it on TV and you see a guy immediately grab his knee in that kind of pain, you, you – I mean – You assume the worst. It's scary. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you, yeah. just from covering games like this, I my eyes immediately go to the end zones because you can tell our – because they're all on headsets. Are they getting in the cart? For the cart. Yeah, are they going to be bringing the cart out because – and then, fortunately, he was able to come back into the game. He did pull himself out a couple uh, plays later, so obviously it was bothering him. But for them to even let him go back in, it, it, they probably knew it wasn't something structural. But it sounds like from what Jerry said on the radio, he called it a sprain. Um, and, it, and this week sounds like it's kind of shaky, but it seems to be in good shape going forward. So I think they really dodged a bullet there. PCL, uh, right knee, by the way. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a situation where – they would probably be a little less op- optimistic if the game was on Sunday. But the fact that they do have an additional day, they're Extra hoping day that rest, additional yeah. day of rest mm-hmm. will possibly give him at least a realistic shot of playing. But I, I'm kind of leaning on the side of pessimism here simply because it is a knee issue in that, yes, he did return to the game, but he was, again, he you know exited the game. And when you combine that, and it's a long season, you don't want to force the issue that then may cost you Dalton Schultz on the back end of what might be an all-important December against some of these opponents, especially against the NFC East guys. You combine that with Jake Ferguson having an impressive training camp, Peyton Hendershot having an impressive training camp. Those two things work together to say, hey, you know what, Dalton, we'll give this a shot. We'll see how the week goes. We'll make a late week decision. Might even be a game time. We'll see if he travels with the team. But we're not going to push this issue. Again, long season. We got two rookies here that can impact the game as both blockers and in the passing attack. So there you go. Kevin? management of pain is going to be important here because last year we saw Ezekiel Elliott with the PCL issue that he had and we wound up finding out that it was much worse than what it initially you know led on so I think you know discretion is the better part of valor here let Dalton Schultz be able to get as healthy as he can for the most important games as you were mentioning down the stretch of the season and let's see with you know what Hendershot and Ferguson have for them and to see what they can do not only as physically you know with the blocking and all the things but let's see what kind of pass catchers they are Mm -hmm. in some crucial moments where they're going to have to lean on these guys to 
to help move the offense a little bit. One positive, uh, Cooper Rush worked with these guys a lot in mm-hmm, training yes. camp, so they Second do teams. have chemistry. We saw that kind of chemistry he had with Noah Brown um, Sunday against the Bengals. So, but let me keep going with Dalton Schultz here, and I'll start with you, Patrick Walker. And then, John, you were there. We were all there mm-hmm. when Dalton Schultz spoke to the media for the first time since signing that franchise tag. And he's like, guys, I'm going to do this once. I'll address this one time. <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I don't have right, a contract. Right. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to be here, um, but he said he was going to you know play play through this. He talked to Dak Prescott here. So, how is a guy like that feeling, knowing he didn't get a long term deal, and now, now, he's hurt. I'm actually glad you you brought that up because I wanted to kind of segue from an excellent point that you made as far as pain management. I spoke about that specifically on Talking Cowboys this morning with a potentially sprained PCL if we are going by all the data that we're getting. That's something that could be healed with rest more than anything, and that's what Ezekiel Elliott didn't get last year. That's why he slowed on the back end of the season. But for Dalton Schultz, you're going to probably convince yourself that you can play through more pain than you probably should or would normally because you're on a franchise tag. And we talk about Jake Ferguson. We talk about Peyton Hendershot. Let's let's key in on Jake Ferguson here for a second. The Cowboys helped turn Dalton Schultz, a former fourth-round pick, into an impact starting tight end in the league. What was Jake Ferguson's pick fourth round? Okay. Here's a situation where if you're Dalton Schultz and you've seen that Jake Ferguson can impact the game, right? You've seen where they selected Jake Ferguson in relation to where they selected you. You saw what they were able to do with you and Dak Prescott. If I'm Dalton Schultz, if I can get out on that field, I'm getting out on that field. You want to shrink You want to shrink the length of time that Jake Ferguson has to show the Cowboys that, hey, maybe you should rethink a potential long-term deal on Dalton Schultz. And if it's a situation where they were probably, not probably, but if they were entertaining possibly doing a second franchise tag, Jake Ferguson has an opportunity to completely shelf all of that the longer he is on the field. So if you're Dalton Schultz, if you can go and be effective, because you also got to be careful, and shouts out to Des Bryant because he he drops wisdom sometimes, and this is some wisdom. Playing hurt is dangerous because you can go out there and, and you're trying to keep the rookie at bay, but because you're hurt, your production, your numbers, what mm-hmm. you're putting on film can be bad, bad voodoo. <laughs> for what you're trying to accomplish. So Schultz is in kind of a tight spot. Franchise tag, talented rookie, fourth-round pick. The team loves Jake Ferguson as much as they love Dalton Schultz. So if he can play, he's going to play through it. But careful, careful. It sounds like a CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper type of plan. You get yeah, Dalton Schultz careful. and you bring in Ferguson, you bring in Hendershot, maybe those two can help supplant Dalton Schultz, who by all accounts is going to get his money when he hits the open market. Whether from it be somebody. From somebody, whether it be from here or somewhere else. And now you've got guys – you know, ready to maybe step in for him if he does eventually move on from here. Yeah, the only concern he has, to your point, Patrick, is if he really wants to continue to have the star on his helmet because he will get that money from somebody. From I mean, you just look at the money that, you know, the Hunter Henrys and guys got last offseason, David yeah, Njoku. Smith, is, yeah. yeah, So he's going to get it from somebody. I will say this. That's fun, kind of funny. Um, I read somewhere, I think it was either, I think it was on Twitter. could have been in the comment section on The Athletic, but I saw someone mention, like, why didn't Jake Ferguson play more in the game? Like, he did play a decent amount. So, just so people know, he played 34 snaps. That's 56% of the offensive snaps in that game. I mean, he played a decent amount. I don't think that them going from, okay, so he played 34, Schultz played 55. I mean, him 
playing another 10, 15, 20 snaps, I don't think it's going to be second time too in. big for right, him. Right. I, I'm frankly, you know, you mentioned about him being a fourth-round pick. I'm surprised at how fast he's been able to get acclimated just because Schultz, I mean, it took him a couple years. And, yeah. and and I think that the Cowboys probably looked at it as like, hey, maybe that happens here too. Um, but it just, everything, and you know what really helps him is that he was a blocker in college. Yes. It was mm-hmm. asked to him. So many of these dynamic tight ends yeah, aren't asked to do as much of that today in the college game. So I think his transition at that position was a little bit easier. I remember in a walk-off uh, a couple years ago talking to Jason Garrett about that, about positions that are tough to get immediate impact right away from college to pro. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned tight end just because it just every year, the way the college game changes, it's, it's harder to get tight ends that do everything the way that some of these guys can. I agree with you 100%. 100%. I mean, the fact that he's at Wisconsin, a running program, and, and, and you know, coming here, it's almost like he's got unleashed to be able to just go run some routes and do his stuff. It's kind of oh, like, I can actually catch passes here yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be targeted. Uh, exactly. Right. You know, you're exactly. in the system, and now oh you, know, you go from being in that system that was successful because Wisconsin right. yeah. produced right. good football players, especially on that offensive line and the tight ends. But now you got a little bit more freedom, and you see, wow, I didn't know that. I, you know, I. He probably, Brave new world around here. Right, right. Probably could have had more. You know, probably could have done more had he gone somewhere. It's kind of like when Carolina players were here with Dean Smith, they were in that system. And then you, Michael Jordan, you get out there yeah. and you go for But you got the good foundation. You see what he did, John? Right you see what he so, did there? But it's good stuff. I don't care about that. <laughs> back, back to things that matter. That was, so that was the same thing with Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I remember when they drafted him in the fourth round. I remember that night looking for a picture to, I mean, a video to tweet out with, with the pick. And I was just trying to find out. I'm like, okay, I don't remember how many touchdowns he had. It was pretty few, but... So I was looking at the scoring plays, and they were the typical college scoring tight end plays in the red zone, where your goal line, you're bringing in the extra tight ends, everybody's selling out, thinking run, and then the one tight end kind of sneaks out, and then he catches it, and he's wide open, and all the fans are standing around going, how does this guy get so wide open? Like those were, It wasn't like he was going down seams, catching balls, like moving chains, like we've seen him do with the Cowboys. When he was with Stanford, he was playing a, a similar style to what Jake Ferguson was playing at Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's with Wisconsin, you got Zach Ertz. I mean, they, they've had a pipeline of guys yeah. out there, which, you know, give the Cowboys credit. You know, you found a place which can produce tight ends, yep. and, and you go there. And, yep. and blocking is something that they've needed here. When I was at training camp, I just had this feeling, and I talked to Lunda Wells a little bit about it. I liked Hendershot because mm-hmm. I thought – I was just kind of like looking for some some guys that, that you know, undrafted people who could make the team. And I just kind of looked at his numbers, and I looked at Ferguson's numbers. You know, they both played at Big Ten schools. So I'm like, well, Hendershot's not too far off. And there were times when, because they were both wearing the 40 numbers at camp, which guys which right. a little bit? <laughs> because both twinsies, guys, right? Both guys were were out there having an impact. So I will say though, early in camp, Hendershot was dropping some balls that he knows he should have been catching. Whereas Ferguson it, it has get, been just solid it, throughout. It did get suspect, yeah. for Hendershot initially, but then as training camp went on and he started to kind of make those plays, and I I too had several conversations with Luna Wells, the, the Cowboys' tight ends coach. He could not stop praising Hendershot by the time you got to the back end of training right. camp, which is why Hendershot was uh, in a lot of these projections any projection and I said it at the time any projection of the final 53 that didn't have Hendershot on it you, you just didn't know what we knew when it came to speaking to guys like Luna Wells he was going to pound the table for his guy in Hendershot and a guy like Ferguson and and I, I kind of harken back if we're talking about blocking it always kind of um, throws me a little bit for a loop when we talk about how Schultz at times struggles in blocking because coming out of Stanford, that was one of his strengths, right? And, and at a certain point, it, it looks as if over the 
course of his NFL career, he wanted to kind of become more of a playmaking tight end, more of a, a receiving <laughs> threat. So then what do you do? You go to, you know, George Kittle's tight end university and things like that. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that there's not a ton of blocking being taught there. But then over the past couple of seasons, you've kind of seen steps backward in that regard for Dalton Schultz. So whenever – you know, people say, oh, Schultz is a horrible blocker. I don't think he's a, a horrible blocker. I think he still has that in him, but he got away from it, and he's having a hard time consistently getting back to channeling that part of him. Who do they pay? Who do they pay in 2023? That's no, what I'm saying. The I mean, yeah. They, they That's what the money, money is. Well, I mean, the, the money's catching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They, play the, they pay the playmaking I mean, tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, pay, they pay the Kelsey's and the Kittles. Well, here, who's our best blocking dude? PFF blocking stat. Anybody care oh, about yeah, that? Nobody cares about them coming to tight ends. Who's catching the football? No, I get that. I get yeah. that. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, when it comes to Schultz, you have a decision to make. You're injured. You're on the franchise tag. Thankfully, it's not a long-term injury. The question is, how quickly can you get back to the field? Because the longer it takes, and we don't know just yet that he's going to be ruled out, but if he's, in fact, ruled out Monday night against the Giants, the question becomes, how quickly can you get back on the field? Because Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, they're both looking to hit the ground running, and they're looking to make that much more of a robust conversation in the offseason when it comes to which tight end needs to stick around. To answer your earlier question, though, about uh, him going to the season with the franchise tag and getting hurt. I mean, he's close friends with Dak Prescott. I mean, this literally just happened to Dak. Yeah, he's You know, franchise it. tag and the whole deal getting hurt. There's no question he knows as a tight end that there's a chance that that can happen anytime you step on the field. So I don't I, think I, I don't think that this injury is some huge surprise to him. I just don't th- think he's going to be back unless he wants to take a, a discount. No question about that. Oh, someone's going to throw a bag in. I'm going to say someone's going to pay him in the open market. And, and, throw a bag and, in. and, yeah. you, and you're going to take. He most likely will take it. Mm-hmm. But this organization's it, focused on keeping Trayvon Diggs, Ingo, Lyle Michael Collins. You're going to have to pay. Michael I mean, Lyle Parsons, Collins. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Michael Parsons. Michael sorry, Parsons. Michael Parsons and the rest of it, any offensive lineman that shows any promise. That's where they'll spend their money. You got CD Lamb. CD Lamb. They've got, they've got guys in the queue. Yeah. they right, got guys right. in the queue that they've got to pay, right. and you simply can't do it. And I'll say this, and we'll dive into got to take a break, but uh, we'll dive into it later on. You know, guys like Brian Anger, you know, and uh, Lake Van Der Esch on one-year deals, You got these are other guys that these you got to think about. Right, these are conversations. But, hey, do we want to keep LBE these guys around good. a little bit longer more? Because they are, they are really starting LBE to find looks good. their way. Uh, more right here on the Media Mash talking about the Dallas Cowboys with insiders who cover the team. John Machota of The Athletic, Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, and Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Back, back, back to back, Media Mash. Tuesday, September 20th, Cowboys now 1-1 one and one on the season, heading into Week 3, a showdown with the first place and undefeated New York Giants at 2-0 up in New Jersey, Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Joining us here, you got Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, the official radio home of the Dallas Cowboys, and John Mashota of The Athletic. I was at the press conference before it began yesterday. So I drive back to the TV station, and somebody says, who's yelling about communism? <laughs> and I said, it was, uh, I don't strange. know, but was it? The guy with brown hair? Yes. Okay, so I saw that guy, because when I saw the person come, I was like, it had to be that guy, because the guy was sitting there very early in the press conference, mm-hmm. in the middle, toward the back by the photographers. I didn't know who it was. My assumption was prop that maybe this guy was, you know, working with one of the TV stations and or, or you know, Intern something like that. Or right, right, like that, right. Maybe. That's what I was thinking. Cause I'd never seen this person before here. And um so what else happened around that, John? I don't think PR wants us talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's just say um, we, we were assured by PR that it would never occur again. You know, the whole, uh, you know, you're watching a baseball game and someone runs on the field and they don't show with the camera and they just yeah. turn the camera away. away. Yeah. They just say don't, someone, whatever. This is the proverbial camera don't, being don't turned away. No, you don't want they, to encourage Yeah, for, don't give them what they came I mean, for. They came for their five minutes of fame, yeah. so don't give them their five minutes of fame. I mean, what? let's be honest, the playoff game. Let's just call it. It was strange for him. And, um, you know, the playoff game. You know what I thought, too? Hold on. Hold on. on. Playoff game. There was a gentleman that got in there and asked that a couple questions, too. So it's not like this is. Not a one. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Um, You know, I just felt bad for Mike McCarthy. Because he didn't know what was going on. No, none of us did. The look on his none, face. None right, right. No, no, you know, he didn't know. I mean, yeah. how come we just can't have a Morgana case? You know, yeah. remember Morgana, <laughs> the, 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 the lady who used to run out there with the, you know, really? go kiss people. Really? Why can't my man really get dating, that? He's really Instead, dating you got, himself with that you got, one. You, exactly, Mike just I wants am. a normal presser exactly. from us yeah, one day. Exactly. Like, can we just get some straight questions, some straight answers? Let me get out of here in my 10 minutes. Hey, I tried to spin it to bulletin board material, and Mike was like, well, what was going on? I was like, he said, Commanders. Well, when he was talking about week four, Mike, I was, you know, I, I was, <laughs> that yeah, I was trying to, to be honest with you, that would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Week yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I tried to turn was, it into bullet. Uh, uh, Cowboys was, fans, I, I did my duty. I tried to turn it into bulletin board material <laughs> uh, for week four, but you know, it didn't work out that yeah, way. Yeah, that was bizarre. strange fruit. 
I'll be there tomorrow, though. Yeah. <laughs> yelling, yelling stuff out, random stuff? No, no, I just, okay. want, I just see how the whole operation is. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to show birth certificates. Oh. oh, I did. When I came to the store today, yeah. I already had already had the credential out. Oh, ready. Yeah. I was like, when I saw it, I just I said somebody in the office, somebody just made life a lot harder for the rest of us. And like, people fact. don't know who you are. You know what? You go upstairs. <laughs> There, it, and it's a different rotation of people, man. Some days it's cool, and some days, you know. You're a public figure. Doesn't matter. I remember going. We always say that to chill all the time. I always say that to chill. I remember going figure. to training camp one year. This lady held up Jerry Jones, head of state, even at uh, at the cafeteria because we used to be at way back in the day. Mm-hmm. We used to eat with the players at training camp. Jerry came through. They didn't have any credentials. You know, like, excuse me, who are you? I, I need to see something. And Jerry just chuckled, and you know what? He liked it because he's like. I like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People You're doing eat. your yeah. job. Right. You're yeah. doing yeah. your job. Yeah. Sure they don't eat free. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no free lunch. Right, right. So, so yeah. No, don't uh, do that. People no don't unauthorized eat. access exactly. around here. Yeah. And plus, these young kids don't watch TV, John. They ain't watching the news. They the catch time. you on YouTube, right. yeah, you know. Media, though, NBC's five on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rare. <laughs> it is rare. Actually, I have fun. I have fun with people who do this stuff uh-huh. because it was as it um, – I think it was like Smoothie King one day, and, and a lady had said, you know, how she watched me, and the young, the, the young woman behind the counter didn't know. I said, you know, you dating yourself, ma'am, because when people, when women, especially women, older, I say, you older, okay, because you're the ones watching. T- These kids ain't watching the news. <laughs> right. They don't watch. They don't. They, they, we are not their demographic. Right. <laughs> so the fact you know who I am tells me how old you are, and she does <laughs> yeah. not know. And what did you say? Thank you for watching the news. I mentioned for, Schoolhouse for Rock, and then the, the lady behind the counter, the young lady behind the counter, she didn't know what School Rock was. Oh, sad I was day. like, Conjunction Junction, what's your function? She's like, and then she said, is Schoolhouse Rock a band? Oh, wow. oh no, oh, wow. young kids, man. Oh, wow. Sad day, hey, sad day. Hey, it is. It is. It I is. say it's a, it's a fun day when we get a mention of Schoolhouse Rock on the same day. Earlier this morning, we had Isaiah uh, mention the Magic School Bus. So, hey, <laughs> hey, you know we're doing some fun things. Do that, I need today. to drop an Arthur reference at some point? Hey, 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 hey. a little bit of Doug. Hey, hey, hey Doug. Get some Patty Mayonnaise. Like, man, hey, what are y'all doing? Get some Patty Mayonnaise. One day when Chola has kids, you get it. I know everything. You guys are talking about. <laughs> I just didn't expect to hear a Doug reference. But yeah. we're, this is where we're at now. <laughs> for the skeeter. Hey, the Cowboys won, man. Life is good. There Life you go. is good, man. And it you know, is. you Life know, not only did they win, but you know, they they proved somebody right in that prediction. You know, who who? Oh, you talking about me? Am I talking about you? Yeah, because yes. I said 24 oh, yeah. 21. Oh, he, you know what? You did. Uh huh. We, yeah, talk, we talked right. about it in the press box. And 24 21. And I had 20. Uh-huh. I had, we had the same, right? <laughs> I thought it was 24 21. 23 20, something like that. Yeah. Something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because Newton texted me when yeah, I was Yeah, we're, we're over know, here yeah, forming like uh-huh. Voltron. Yeah. I don't know what y'all uh, doing against, on that side of the Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I'll be honest here. with you. I have zero regrets. <laughs> zero. No regrets. No regrets. Go ahead. <laughs> like, like I was out here all alone. Hey. Like I was out here all alone. It was a whole. There was a truckload of folks with us over here. I had to but, dig. I had to dig back in the annals the last time that the Cowboys beat a really good team at home. So I was like, I was. I, I was okay, stunned John. To see shade. It. All right. Shade. I'm, all right, all right, I'm going right. with history. I'm, I'm not just throwing <laughs> stuff out there. Listen. So Green Ranger, Red Ranger. Hey. There we go. Who else? Did pick the Cowboys? I think one other person in our yeah. station. Uh, Heckma did. Uh, no, I know. Uh, Heckma picked Heckma, Heckma too. Well, we already had the parade for Heckma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was me. And Are you talking writer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, Tim, yeah. Cal- Tim Kalashaw. Kalashaw yeah, yeah. did. Yeah. Calvin Watkins did. What did Mickey do? 
you read it and you tell me if you you know I I, I still don't know which one Mickey's okay I'm just I'm I read just you know to I was to, okay yeah. I'll, Gavin I'll, Dawson was the other one at our station at okay Cowboys. okay like I said man it's, it's a per, folks having a parade good good for you man mm. I'm good happy for you man hey they just made me look good for my did predictions you, so you, far this season hey did you, you know, how'd you do on your DraftKings account did you did you you know did you, did you I don't know enough money to be doing all that you guys are two and zero on your picks this year I am I am the thing was. I, and I prefaced this before the pick. I said going into the preseason, my my schedule prediction had them going one and one through the first two. Right. But it was inverted. So I thought they would beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They would be riding too high. Joe Burrow and Cincinnati would come in and knock them off of the horse a little right. bit. One and one. But then you invert the motivation because you get humiliated offensively against Tampa Bay. You have all this adversity. You, you're not lacking for motivation at all. I thought so, they were going to channel that into so you have more faith. Down. You have more faith in ten than four. No, no, but nice okay. try. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. I see what you said. That was nice try. So you got to win it Monday night, right? Listen, this is my first real good job. It's slick, John. I see what, what you got over there, That was smooth. Hey, I, I live on know. the internet, too. That was smooth. That was smooth. Headline. You got to win it Monday night, too, then, right? No, but that's how it goes. Whenever you say something positive about one. Tune in to Talking Cowboys later. It's got to be negative about the other one. Exactly. Tune in to Talking Cowboys later this week for my prediction for Monday night. I'm just trying to get it out early. Why wait? Why wait? Before the lines change, what's going on? <laughs> go ahead. Well, I don't. I don't even. Go, I don't. Yeah. Go know, to DraftKings. Before the lines. That's for them. I don't. I don't chase the lines, and you know, uh, I'm, wor- I'm worried about gut. the. I'm worried on. about the lion, yeah, not the yeah, line. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, right, for me, it's right. about the lion, not the line. Dr. Jerry Jones was on 105.3 The Fan today, hey. and he was out here trying to say that hey, being optimistic, that can be back early. When I hear this, Dak can only be out four weeks. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. Got a friend of mine who performs these sports surgeries for a living, and he's like, it's six to eight weeks. He's not going to be back. And the thing I consistently, and we've covered football enough to know, guys can be back on the field, but being back to where you were when you left it or being able to do what you did before you left, that's another scenario. Because, you know, it's also about not just grip it, but can you grip it and rip and it rip and rip it? it. Yeah. yeah. There's and a lot there that Dr. Jerry can't tell us because we've got to see Dak do this. Um, I'm just, you know, to sit up here and think, hey, Commander's game, Rams game. Man, that's just that's selling. That's well, that's selling some hope. Yeah, that, that <laughs> the hopium yeah. is flowing on, on the, uh, the Dak Prescott optimism. And, and this is an Ohio State versus Kent State, where you're like, hey, if we scheme up things the right way, we'll right. have wide open throws. You know, one of my favorite analogies uh, from Babe Laufenberg is just him talking about when he first got in the NFL and running routes with a coach when he was with Washington, and he didn't throw to a receiver. And he was like, well, you know, he wasn't open. And the coach is like, no, that's open in this league. This league, you know? And so I don't care how bad you think any team is in the NFL. To be a successful quarterback, you're going to have to make tight window throws. Absolutely. So it's not about just being able to grip the ball and throw it in warm-ups or throw it in seven-on-sevens in practice. You know, he's got to be able to make these tight window throws. But, you know, you say Dr. Jerry. I've actually think in the last five or six days he's actually dialed it back a little bit. I asked him after the game about Michael Gallup playing this week. And he did not want to even comment about it. I was just kind of like, what happened here? He's like, well, there's some gamesmanship there we don't want to talk about. You know, if McCarthy's he can play talked to him. Well, sure, sure. But to be honest with you, the one <laughs> Stephen Jones has been more I'm gonna say forthcoming with that. I was going to say Stephen was a little more that. optimistic Monday, yesterday. Monday, yeah. Monday, uh-huh. yeah. I was going to him, so Dr. Jones, when, the, the when family, he, family, <laughs> family medical practice. Family practice open When he now, said huh? the very best return date would be Washington or, or the Rams, that's week four or week five. That, to me, I was just like, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's possible. I mean, week four just seems crazy after he gets the injury in week one. We're thinking minimum four to six, but probably six to eight. So it just, it's just wild to think that he hurt, he hurts the, the thumb and the very next day before the surgery, 
you're thinking, I think most people were after the bye week, week 10, Green Bay would mm-hmm. probably be when you'd bring him back. And now just to hear that possibilities of week four or five, I, I for me, I think it'll be week six. I think it'll be the Eagles. If he if everything goes as planned, Jerry did point out that the swelling was minimal. I think that's a key uh, in, in you know the, the speeding up the timetable maybe a little bit. Um, I've always thought after the surgery it was four to six. It seems like there's the bone itself takes four weeks to heal. That's right. Well, I, as I I've come to understand, yeah. I'm no surgeon or, or anything, but I, I read your piece on it and you talked to a surgeon about it. I was like, yeah, it's like four weeks at minimum. It appears right. for at least the bone to heal. And I, I, I what she was saying was that basically yeah. if you have to go back in there again, if, if like, let's say he goes other two soon, like that next surgery is going to be a lot more difficult. Right. And it's going to I mean, there's just a lot more complications that can kind of happen with it. So, so. you got to be careful, it, obviously. But I would defer more to uh, Mike McCarthy when we're speaking about Dak Prescott. If you look at Mike McCarthy's press conference on yesterday, he was absolutely resolute to to say, you know, well, you know, and read the body language as well. There's a lot being said by Mike McCarthy when he's talking about Dak Prescott. He doesn't want to give a timetable. He doesn't even want to play the whole gamesmanship thing. He said, well, you know, he'll get his stitches out later this week. Let's uh, let, let's at least get the stitches out before we start talking about when the guy might be back. This doesn't, this isn't, you know, the kind of talk from a head coach that if he's in lockstep with the potential of his franchise quarterback coming back weeks before was initially thought, this is a guy that's like, hey, okay, everybody, let's just, you know. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, yeah. watch your tone yeah. and keep your hands <laughs> on the hood. If he hasn't seen him throw the football. He also hasn't seen him take a snap. Right. You got a third one or fourth yeah. one. You got to get up under yeah. shit. I mean, this, yeah. you know, people just think it's just – it's, I was low-key kind of mad that he was holding the football with his right hand on Sunday. I saw the video from James Slater, you know, running around. He's got the ball, like, gripping it. It's like, Dak, like, put the football that, down, That was man. very much an athlete being an athlete. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, relax, my guy. Just yeah. relax. You but, can but, get the football in your hands and for, and for those that are kind of running with that image, say, oh, my God, look, he's gripping the, the football. To your point, gripping, ripping, two yeah. different things. Yeah, he can sit there and he can talk to Cooper Rush while he's doing this little exercise or whatever. Well, what about when this guy's bearing down you and Aaron Donald is in your face or et cetera, et cetera, hands are up in the passing Thing that much like that. And you really have to needle nose on eye of the needle throw, frozen rope here. Listen, that's two different things. Yeah. And on one side, I could grip a football. Have... You know what I can't do? Make those tight window throws in the NFL. <laughs> right. On one side, though, you do have ownership, multiple people in ownership doing radio interviews twice a week, which is very uncommon in sports. So a part of that is selling optimism to a fan base. Marketing. So with Mike McCarthy on the other side, he also has to look out for his player. You know, he doesn't want all this pressure to be on Dak. Like, Dak, you know, they're saying week four, you might be back. Get, let's get going. Where you at? Where you at? Especially with Dak Prescott, because he's not going to need to do that. With Dak's already, it's going to be having to, you know, protect Dak from himself. Already holding the football. You know? <laughs> like, he's already I will tell you, though, one thing that I keep going back to is a couple weeks ago, uh, I had watched that, I think, seven-part series of the Derek Jeter thing. And so I was like, hey, there's some stuff in here that Derek Jeter said that kind of reminds me of uh, th- thing, pressures that Dak would be going under. Yankee shortstop, Cowboys quarterback. So I asked Dak about it, and I asked him what's the best piece of advice. And he said that uh, Chad Bowling, who is their mental coach, uh, works with the Cowboys and the Yankees. And he got Derek in touch with Dak after Dak hurt his ankle. And Dak told me the best piece of advice that he got from Derek Jeter. And I, and I didn't ask him about injuries. I just said in general. And he said that when Derek got hurt – towards the end of his career and got an ankle injury, that he came back too fast, and he regretted that because 
it was on him, and he he did it to himself. Nobody was telling him to come back. He, he put too much pressure on himself, and he said, "Don't do that. Come back on your own timetable. Don't let anybody tell you, you know, when you need to come back from this. When you feel right, don't come back too soon." And and, and I think about that a lot now with this because this is the type of injury where I can see you feeling good throwing out in practice and stuff, and, and maybe trying to come back a week sooner. So someone has to be out there to try and protect Dak. Well, look, Dak you can, you can put that, and that's fantastic. And you could even circle that back to specific Cowboys history. Dez Bryant, right? On the final, in the final two seasons of Dez Bryant's career with the Cowboys, Dez wanted to be that team guy because he was such a team leader, so passionate about the game. He wanted to be out there, wanted to be out there. He battled through injury, came back too soon, played through it. His numbers slipped. Injured, came back, played through it, numbers slipped. After it was all said and done, Dez was very vocal about saying, one of my biggest regrets was playing hurt. Do yeah. not play hurt. I'll never forget late in the season, um, more like towards the middle of his career. I don't remember the exact year, but I remember – Dez could have he had a, he had an index finger that was broken and I remember that he could have had surgery and would have been out for several weeks and he got he had a procedure done on it but it was to get him back sooner and I'm pretty sure I could be off on this but I, I'm pretty sure that even to this day he can't completely like straighten his index finger because he had this procedure to try mm-hmm. and get it like you know so that it could pl- come back quicker than than whatever and I, and I'm, I always think of that one when I've seen him tweet right. about that you know be careful about coming back too soon and things like that I, I always wonder how much that that impacts you if you do come back because you want to be out there and you know that it the league is not for long let's right. get a break in here uh, we have to talk about Coop Rush and the performance he's now 2-0 and as a starter for the Cowboys filling in for Dak Prescott here and on the media a little bit bash. of breaking We've news got, oh breaking news coming from Patrick Walker next. This is what that's why you listen to the show. Uh, we've got Kevin Gray, 1053 The Fan. We got John Mashota of The Athletic. Breaking news coming your way next, right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets has head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. 
Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Breaking news from the Media Mash, courtesy of Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com. What you got? So, ladies and gentlemen, as we, and this is what we do, it happens in real time sometimes, the Cowboys have officially waived wide receiver Dennis Houston ahead of their Monday night battle with the New York Giants. So, some movement there in the wide receiver room for the Cowboys. Houston is obviously subject to waivers. Um, Be curious to see if he clears, and if he does, I would assume the Cowboys would like to have him back on the practice squad. He did some very good things in training camp and preseason. Obviously, that's why he uh, was active the first two games of the season season um, in lieu of Jalen Tolbert. Um, Sidebar, obviously, this might clear the path a little bit for Jalen Tolbert, but it also kind of puts eyes on Michael Gallup as far as um, what the decision ultimately is going to be this week on a potential return for Michael Gallup. So he's never caught that touchdown pass you thought he was going to. He'll be back. Hopefully. You sure? No, we don't, yeah, don't do that to John him. Ridgway yeah. thought that, too. Just get ready to say, he might end up trying to bring it up, John. Command, he might end up with the commandos, too. So. <laughs> no, I, I just brought it up because I was kind of surprised. Mm. I thought Ridgway would make it back. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he still might, you know, just because they claimed him doesn't mean he necessarily you, Well, we know how it goes. We yeah. know how it goes. We know how it goes. Grand opening, grand close. Another all, another all Oxnard guy. <laughs> 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 All Oxnard looks good in Oxnard. You bring them out of Oxnard, they're never the same, but they were good in Oxnard. They had the moments in Oxnard. So, Dennis Houston, wide receiver, way by the Dallas Cowboys. This means Jalen Tolbert should be able to dress this week against the or New York it. football giants. Or does it? Yeah, maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's just Michael Gallup's spot. Maybe Michael Gallup's spot. Gallup. I mean, and, and that's, that's what I mean when I was, you know, speaking on the news just now. Michael Gallup is as close as you can get without having taken the, the – work in team drills quite yet, but that's what this week is for. Mike McCarthy said specifically that he's going to get Michael Gallup in full suit in team drills. He wants to see how that knee responds, make sure there's no swelling after he gets that full workload. And if the week progresses well for Michael Gallup, you cannot count him in. As a matter of fact, who was that? Was it who said it was certainly possible? Jerry Jones? Was it Jerry or Steven? Steven. Steven said it was, quote-unquote, certainly possible that Michael Gallup will be on the field. So you look at a move like this to wave Houston, maybe it clears the path for Jalen Tolbert. But I'm on record saying this morning in talk, on Talking Cowboys that I think Tolbert also needs to show the team because uh, it's a value equation when it comes to wide receiver four, five, six, right, when you're trying to figure out who's going to be active on game day. That's when Bones Fossil comes into the conversation who contributes most on special teams. So I think Tolbert's going to have to start to build that value on special teams to help ensure that when he finally becomes active, that he gets to stay active. Okay, so Tolbert's going to be on the bench, according to Patrick. But, <laughs> so, there we go. There that's the second, that's the uh-huh. second attempted setup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, they're, uh-huh. they're trying to be as positive as they can about him. Um, they mentioned whether you talk to Jerry or Mike McCarthy or Steven, it's, you know, he had the hamstring injury early on in minicamp and, 
uh, kind of set him back a little bit. To Patrick's point, obviously special teams, you got to be able to do that well when you're in that spot. Um, and then they just say putting a little bit maybe too much on his plate because Mike McCarthy is big on his receivers have to know all three spots. And so, you know, I, I, my thing is I see fans are obviously uh, annoyed by this because, hey, this is a team that needs wide receivers. We just drafted a guy in the third round. We've done this before. We took, you know, Terrence Williams. You take Michael Gallup. They play right away. And so they, the expectations are the same for the. I don't think that because of him not being active for the first two games, you should think Jalen Tolbert's not going to have a successful NFL career. He has a lot to offer. Uh, I still think he has a chance to be a good wide receiver. Just it's taking him a little bit longer than it took some other guys. So um, I think this move, though, particularly, though, makes me think Michael Gallup's really close. And to see him in pads last week, uh, them, you know, are going to put him through it again this week. And then the fact that, you know, I talked to CeeDee Lamb about it after the game. What, what do you think Michael Gallup can bring? And uh, and he said that he thinks he's very close. So okay, he thinks he he thinks he's 100, 100 yards and a hundred yards and a touchdown. That's what he said he can bring. So I do we'll, hope they proceed with caution a little bit though with him because you don't want to get in the situation which you saw in week one with Tampa. Right, Chris Godwin gets out there, looks great for a little while. Next thing you know he's got a hamstring injury. Exactly, he doesn't play this past week against New Orleans. So I hope for Gallup's sake that. When he does get onto the field, he is as close to 100% as possible because you don't want any kind of regression from that, him. That's really why they're going to be careful this week. But, I mean, they're, they're going to throw him out there because now it's time to test it. It's time to see what's going on because you don't want a, a situation like – and those that say, oh, well, it wasn't Godwin's knee, it was the hamstring. Well, I promise you the knee bone is connected to the hamstring bone, <laughs> right? That I mean – Overcompensation. Overcompensation yeah. of neighboring muscle groups, mm-hmm. right? That it's a thing. So – we. we we got to get to Cooper Rush. We've gone, what, uh, 40, 41 minutes, and we've not mentioned Cooper Rush. <laughs> when last week all the shows mentioned Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, the trade for Jimmy G crowd has shut up because now Jimmy G is going to be with the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. But I uh, want to go around the room. Where is your confidence level in Cooper Rush now versus last week, John? I mean, it's more. I mean, do you win a second game against a quality opponent? Both of his wins have come in big moments against good teams. So that's impressive. I, I, you know, I don't think that he's about to take the starting job for the rest of the season or anything like that, like some of the crazy stuff that you see. Don't tell Cowboys Twitter that. On Twitter. But (laughs) but I think that, you know, the Cowboys deserve credit for – not going out and getting somebody else and sticking with this guy because he has shown that even though he might not wow you with his personality and, and things like that, that he is a solid guy that that can lead a team. And and I think his greatest strength is that because he doesn't get too high or too low, I think he's at his best in those big moments. I mean, if you have two wins against two good teams and they both come with game-winning drives late, there's something to be said for that. That's some That's something right there. You're just not going to be able to show me at the combine with numbers, you know, throwing ability, stuff like that. I just that's just something you you either have it or you don't. And you probably don't see it until you put the guy. In and the that field. was one of the biggest. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Kevo. I was gonna say I think the the biggest thing for me is I've tried to not assign any larger narratives to what happened on Sunday. You got 17 one game regular seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And on Sunday he performed, and I think we overuse the word at times for quarterbacks. You know, the word moxie. But if you put the definition of moxie next to Cooper Rush, I can get down with it. And I think the way that he played on Sunday gave us an indication that at least he can feel comfortable about this offense and his ability to perform in it. It's funny you mentioned you know, his calm, cool, collected nature. He's kind of the antithesis of everything that happens, it seems like, around this team when it comes to you know the nature of the, the circus at times. He is a guy that's going to be steady-handed and a guy that's 
looks like going to be the right one, at least for now. And we'll see what he does, you know, under the bright lights on Monday Night Football. It's, it's his demeanor, which was one of the uh, the talking points that I mentioned in predicting the Cowboys against the Bengals. He doesn't get too high when it's time to celebrate. Hell, you saw it after the game and, you know, his congratulations or his, uh, you know, salutation to Joe Burrow. He was he was right here when things didn't go his way. A couple of interceptions that got dropped. You know, this throw wasn't timely. This throw, he was still right here. He was the cool hand Luke that the young wide receiver core needed. He used that, combined it with the chemistry that he has had for years with Noah Brown because they've done so much work together here together since 2017, you know, second team work, practice squad work, things like that. So it, it's the fact that he's always so even keel. And, and I have to say this because out there in Twitter sphere, you can't say Apple without saying orange. I cannot stress enough how much I love the passion and leadership of Dak Prescott. I love it. I love it. I love it. But there's more than one way to lead. So for as much as you, you can justifiably love the passion of Dak Prescott, you can also see and value the cool demeanor of a guy like Cooper Rush. So great point. I believe that that's another reason that or a reason that the Cowboys are going to be competitive up at MetLife Stadium. It's a familiar territory, obviously, but for players like Ezekiel Elliott and, and Tony Pollard, and you will see if they have Dalton Schultz, but a lot of these defensive guys, Demarcus Lawrence, like MetLife Stadium is not new work to them, the, right? Um, so Cooper Rush, I like it. He's right here at all times. It, it pays off. The Cowboys are now in a situation where they can never cut Cooper Rush again expect to get him back. Done. Can't yeah. pull that move anymore. I mean, to to go out in two consecutive years, and in my opinion, this situation was tougher than the last because you know you had Gallup and Cooper and Lamb, and then you had Tyron Smith, and and, and you also had Zeke Kelly. You had them from Minnesota. Totally different uh, type of atmosphere, and he came through, and that's what everyone wants in a backup quarterback. So Cooper Rush, good on you, Will Greer. Keep working. Your move. <laughs> Keep on working, Will Greer. That's all you can do. Hey, Patrick Walker, thank you. Kevin Gray, you got it. John Mashota, we appreciate you. That is today's media mash. We're back tomorrow, 3 p.m. Central Time. I'm Nui Scruggs. This has been DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!